We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. It's uh, it's uh, a little bit lively already in the chat room here on the show today. And, uh, you know, somehow it's Wednesday already. Glad to have you with us today. We, you know, we've had a lot of Notre Dame College World Series talk here the past few days, but uh, we have a, a big, beefy, bodacious Notre Dame football topic coming up for you today. So uh, excited about that. Excited to uh, to jump into some Notre Dame football talk on today's show. We'll, uh, we'll have some rapid fire talk later, um, you know, where we'll hit several different topics. Also, someone new on the show coming up here in just a few minutes. But you know, Jim Nance always likes to say the Masters is a tradition unlike any other. And, you know, I'm not really into golf or I guess if I'm being completely honest, not into golf at all. <laughs> but uh, when it comes strictly to golf, I would have to agree with Mr. Nance, the Masters tradition unlike any other. But, you know, with all due respect to Jim Nance and Augusta and all that, if you're looking at the entirety of sports, there are no better traditions I think you'll find than in college sports. I've been lucky to be around two of the most tradition-rich programs in all of sports, I think, anyway. You know, I'm an alum of the University of Kansas, origins of the sport of basketball traced directly back to Lawrence, the street that runs right in front of Allen Fieldhouse, Naismith Drive, named after the inventor of the sport, James Naismith, who was the first head coach at Kansas. And of course, I've been around Notre Dame football for more than two decades. And I mean, I'm talking to a predominantly Notre Dame audience. And, you know, I don't have to tell you about all the traditions of the program that date back to 1887, just a couple decades after the Civil War ended. I mean, you know, you've got Newt Rockney didn't invent the sport. He wasn't Notre Dame's first head coach, but of course he was one of the first great coaches in the history of the sport. And, you know, you know, you got the four horsemen and just everything else that comes with Notre Dame football. So many different traditions, but there's also been a lot of change at Notre Dame, especially in recent years, you know, like you've got the campus crossroads project that drastically changed the look of Notre Dame stadium, the jumbotron, the video board, whatever you want to call it, both, you know, those things fairly controversial, I think. And so was the installation of artificial turf a few years back. You know, the house that Rockney built looks nothing like it did in 1930. So, you know, there's definitely been a fine line between keeping traditions in place 
and modernization in the ever-changing world of big-time college athletics. So with all that in mind, my question to you today is, what's a tweak you would make, a change you would want to see with Notre Dame football? I put out a Twitter poll today with a few suggestions, uh, you know, to get the conversation started. And we got a ton of responses and we'll get to a lot of them, a lot of votes in the poll as well. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. We've already made, you know, we've already seen the biggest change made, you know, that a football program can make or really any program can make. Brian Kelly left, Marcus Freeman becomes the head coach. You know, Kelly leaving was out of everyone's hands, but, you know, let's be honest, there were a lot of people who wanted to see that change made, right? So, you know, we saw a change, you know, Back to tradition recently, Freeman goes back. He brings back the pregame mass and the walk, you know, that the team is going to make to the Basilica or from the Basilica to the stadium. You know, another tweak recently when they changed the victory march, you know, it's now sons and daughters, not just sons, you know, while her loyal sons and daughters march on to victory. And um, what's a tweak now, you know, if you had to say, what would be one that you'd like to make? You know, one of the popular ones that I've, you know, heard going around recently is add some player names to the back of the jerseys and haven't seen any hard poll numbers on that one, but I have heard some people who support the idea. We'll hear from some of those from the Twitter poll, you know, here in a little bit. You know, with the world of NIL, you know, it'd make sense. You put the names on the back of the jersey, someone buys the jersey, player gets a percentage, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Tradition that went away a few years ago was painting the helmets the night before the games, a lot of uh, helmet talk, no, not a lot, but at least some helmet talk in uh, in that Twitter content, Twitter poll that we put out today, you know, but, the, you know, they went to the laminate helmet, you know, that has, has actual gold flakes in it. So, you know, it looks a lot shinier on TV than the old helmets and all that kind of stuff. Some people don't like the new look, you know, because it abandoned the tradition of painting the helmets. Um, you know, I've got one of the old helmets here in my house. It's really kind of ordinary looking, you know, the shinier helmets, I think they do look a lot better. And, you know, I think it matters to have a shiny gold helmet, you know, that pops on TV today, you know, in a world where so many other schools have an alternate uniform and a different helmet for every game for the most part. What about the uniforms though? Anything else that you would change? Got a lot of feedback on the uniforms again in the Twitter poll. Personally, I would like to see them wear green at least once a year. You know, not a surprise game where they do it. Just pick a game before the season starts and say, this is going to be the green uniform game or the green jersey game, whatever. And again, I know some traditionalists don't like that. You know, they hate the change and all that different kind of stuff. I think it would be fun to see a little more, you know, of it mixed in than with just the Shamrock Series game, you know, when they change the uniforms and stuff like that. So, you know, give the give the home fans something different once in a while. I mean, you know, if you're going to go out and roll out opponents like Central Michigan, UNLV, and Marshall, why not throw a shamrock on the helmet every now and then? Or, you know, uh, other alternate uniforms, I guess. But here's the change I would like to most see Notre Dame make right now, though. And, I, you know, again, I know it's not going to be popular with everyone, but I did see some of these this suggested on, on Twitter today as well. I think it's time for the Navy series to either come to an end or at least be altered to some degree. Some will agree. Again, traditionalists won't. But before you yell at me, I am a veteran, so I'm not anti-military by any means. You know, that has nothing to do with it. You know, and I know about why Notre Dame and Navy play, how Notre Dame, how, how Navy kept Notre Dame open during World, World War II and all that. You know, the pledge 
that Notre Dame made to play Navy every year, but it's been like 80 years now at this point. The world's in a much different place today. Army and Navy were competing nationally, you know, for, for championships, national championships, even into the 60s. And I mean, the Air Force Academy wasn't even around till the 50s, you know. So I know it's a big game for Navy, you know, and in the last 50 years, it's become a much bigger game for them than Notre Dame. And it's also a big revenue game for them as well. And, you know, that's why the games, you know, when they when they play, it's supposed to be at Navy. It's played in an NFL stadium. Let's not forget, though, Army, Navy, Air Force, they're government subsidized service academies. I mean, you know, we talk about NIL right now and, you know, payer, players getting paid and all that. Well, you know, every member of a service academy gets a monthly paycheck, you know, so it's <laughs> I just kind of cringe at the notion that a service academy that's funded by taxpayer dollars has to rely on a Notre Dame football game to keep the lights on every year. So that's a change that I would make. I would at least like to see that Notre Dame Navy series altered, you know, so, and then some of you feel like it as well. And there's a lot that comes with playing Navy, the cut blocks and, you know, all that different stuff, the time of year they play it, everything else, but that's at the top of my list. So we're going to be, keep talking about this. we got a lot of responses on Twitter today and a lot, you know, going on uh, in our YouTube chat room right now, as we do this live, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, but before we get to those, I have to bring in the man you'll be seeing and hearing regularly, uh, mostly Wednesdays with me here on the show. He has got the same last name as me, so, you know, that's a good sign, I think. The one, the only, Jesse Styers. How are Hello you Hello, everyone. I, I'm doing well. It's been kind of a, a groggy Wednesday. I was happy to be done with work um, and come do some of the fun stuff and talk about Notre Dame sports here with you today. That's right. And we are about to get it on. And, and uh, I don't, you know, we've got, a, like I said, there's a lot going on in, uh, in our live chat right now. We got a lot of Twitter feedback on this today. So, you know, this is going to be a topic we can kind of go for a while on. So let's start with your answer 
on this. What would be at the top of your list, Jesse, of what, you know, the tweak that you would make for Notre Dame football? You know, again, a lot of responses to the Twitter poll. I asked, what's the tweak that you would want to see Notre Dame football make? What's the tweak that you would like to make? You know, I have a tweak that I think about all the time, um, but I don't know necessarily how it could be changed. And I've talked to you about this before. You know, you see these SEC environment home games um, and you see the craziness and the rowdiness and the fans going crazy. And I would like to see more of that at Notre Dame. I would like to see more fans engaged. Um, but I think that's a little bit hard considering who uh, the season tickets are being sold to and how many season tickets are, you know, who who's general mission tickets compared to season tickets. Um, I think it, it's hard to, to really uh, control that aspect of things. Um, but so for that reason, I would have to say that the schedule is the main thing uh, that, that I would change. And that dates back to, you know, when I was growing up, I went to a lot of games uh, because of you, actually. And the games that I was going to, it, you got to see Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, USC on a year-in, year-out basis. And it, it just seems now that we're, we're, Notre Dame decides that they want to play a schedule um, that, that isn't as entertaining. And, you know, when you, when you have season tickets or you, you want to go to these home games, the, the games that matter, so like this year, you know, you'd be USC and Clemson, obviously, those are going to drive the price way up. And if you wanted to go to a game like Marshall, UNLV, you know, those games aren't as popular yet. Those are going to be the tickets that are more affordable. So in my opinion, I'd like to get rid of or flush out some of the opponents like Marshall, UNLV, and I'd like to go back to playing some major Power 5 conferences uh, on a regular basis, and not only for a fan aspect, but because I think this really could prepare the Notre Dame team uh, for later on in the season, you know, once they get towards the end, once they have bowl games and that kind of situation, um, instead of, you know, I think a lot of talk recently has been about, you know, Notre Dame can pile up the wins against the teams that they're supposed to beat. So I'd like to see them challenge themselves more and go back to playing some of these more power five uh, teams that are that are competitively uh, good every year. So what it, so I agree to an extent with a lot of what you're saying, you know, like the atmosphere and some of the comments that we got, you know, that'll be in some of the things that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Again, so here's the Twitter poll that I put out today you know what's a tweak you would want to see Notre Dame football make the options I gave uniform change go back to grass surface schedule or other and the uniform change you know is the one that that got the you know the, the it basically won the Twitter poll with with over 40 percent of the vote and then the uh the schedule and the grass surface were each in the 20s and then other you know you had to explain what other was that that was pretty low but you know uniform change at the top i asked people to specify again number two go back to grass surface number three the schedule and then number four was other so one of the things well, well let me ask you this because you started off talking about the schedule i was i was saying i think that you need to either get rid of navy or at least alter what you're doing with Navy. You know, getting rid of them might be too much, but it kind of plays into what you're talking about right there with like go back to more power five schools because we're seeing a lot more, you know, Marshall, UNLV, uh, you know, they're playing basically a different Mac school every year. Now, now part of it is with the understanding, okay, you're going to play USC, you're going to play Stanford, you're going to play your five ACC schools, so that's seven 
right there. And then what they're trying to do is add, you know, sort of like a premier power five, you know, like your your uh, Ohio State coming up this year. There, you know, there's going to be Alabama in future years, the Wisconsin thing that they did, you know, so they're sort of adding a big power five school onto that as well to kind of try to bolster and, and you know, the schedule and offset the fact that they don't play in a conference championship game. So I think that there's a balance between, you know, it's, it seems like they're trying to sort of say, okay, you know, just like this year, for example, it's going to come down to two or three different games. You know, we should be okay in the rest as long as we take care of business. And if we, and then if we win, you know, two out of these three games, we're at least going to be, you know, in college football playoff contention. You win all three, you're going to be in the college football playoff. So, you know, I, there's definitely a balance that they're trying to strike there. But as to the Navy, what do, what do you think about either discontinuing or, you know, maybe say, you know, you're, you're rotating Navy on and off like every four to five years or something like that? You know, I, I like the tradition of Navy. I don't think you could entirely get rid of it. I like the aspect in which Navy brings against the Notre Dame team. It really tests the physicality of Notre Dame's defense. I think at times, um, you know, you want it. You want to see some smash mouth football, in my opinion, where they're running that triple option. And you have to be assignment sound in the run game. You have to be able to fill your gaps. I like I like when the safeties are coming downhill to make plays uh, in the box, those kind of situations. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily think getting rid of Navy is is the option. But I, I do like the idea of maybe play Navy one year, take a year off, play Navy again another year, take a yeah. year off. Go, go that route. But getting rid of Navy altogether, I'm not a fan of. I like the tradition of playing Navy. And like I said, I like what Notre Dame has to, what, what they have to bring to that game. It's a different type of mentality. You know you're getting punched in the mouth every single play. You know they're going to go for it on fourth down. It teaches discipline. It teaches fill in the gaps. And it teaches assignment sound football. I like this right here from uh, whoever a 100 is the change of head coach was enough for me <laughs> these players will go through brick walls go irish so he's like you know again it's like he's seen the biggest change that he needs to make and i think it's like that for everyone you know it's like you get that change you go from brian kelly to marcus freeman now we're just nitpicking we're trying to to have our cake and eat it too by uh you know figuring out whatever other changes they might make but you know again i think a lot of people were happy you know, uh, when uh, when they saw that change made. And, and even if they weren't, I think they're even happier right now, just the way recruiting has gone under Marcus Freeman since Brian Kelly left. All right. So let me see. Let's, uh, let's go through a few more. Um, you know, again, the uniform thing was at the top of the poll. So um, one of the suggestions, you know, well, let, let me put it this way. A lot of the negative feedback on the uniforms is the mustard-colored pants. What do you think of the color of the pants that they wear with the uniforms, Jess? You know, I, I agree with the statement that, yes, mustard-colored pants aren't ideal. But I think another thing that people need to keep in mind here is these these big hogs, especially the offensive linemen, when they get sweaty and they, it's a hot game, those pants are going to become kind of diluted no matter what. You know, it's, Yeah, that's true. I'd like to see some more brightness to them, yes, but the more you start sweating, it's just going to add a darker tint to it. So, you know, I, I like I like the the pants. I don't necessarily see it as an issue. I don't watch games and say, hey, I wish they'd be wearing, you know, not these mustard pants. I I, I see why people, you know, have a have an issue with it. But, 
you know, I, I wouldn't mind maybe wearing more of an alternate pant. Um, you know, when it comes to uniforms, you know, I'm a big favor uh, or big favor, big fan of the green. I'd like to use, see them go with a green uniform once a season. I'd like yeah. to see them accent with, uh, with some of their green. Um, you know, one of my favorite jerseys that they ever wore was the Shamrock series that was played down in Cowboy Stadium against Arizona State, the yes. white uniforms with the, the green and gold accent. I like those kind of uniforms. Um, I see a comment in the, in the chat that says, you know, maybe add a stripe. I definitely agree. I think you should do more than saying monochromatic with the blue tops and the and the mustard bottoms and use more of, you know, the green to accent things. Maybe, maybe wear a blue jersey with, uh, you know, white numbers and a green trim around it. I just think that looks a lot more sharper. I think you could add a green shamrock to the side of the shoulder pads uh, on, on a permanent, you know, uniform like set. So I just think some subtle changes with, with using more of their, their color palette uh, would, would improve things. But the mustard pants themselves aren't the biggest uh, concern, I guess, to me, at least. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But there is a better looking pant. I don't know if you saw in the Twitter feed, you know, on that on that tweet, Brian Driscoll posted a picture. I think it was Alohi Gilman from a, a few years back when they wore the they're the uniforms that were uh, the, the throwback to the 1988 National Championship team. They had kind of a light colored gold pant. They had just basically a tra the traditional navy blue jersey, white numbers, some gold trim, and then they had the interlocking NDs on the side. Now, because they're Under Armour, they weren't e exactly, they were wearing champion back then and all that different kind of stuff. But the pant itself and the helmet, I thought was perfect. It's like the perfect color of gold. You know, the helmet, you know, is is the current helmet. I think it is good. I would like to see, I, I you know, kind of like I said before, some different variations because we see in the Shamrock series, they do some stuff. We did have one suggestion from someone to to make basically the Shamrock series uniform they wore last year in Chicago, the regular uniform. It does have stripes down the side, like the the white with blue on the outsides and then the stripes on the shoulders and stuff like that as well. Again, one comment about the mustard. You know, a lot of people commenting about the mustard gold pants. Someone said mustard is for hot dogs. <laughs> Keep it off the pants. The pants should match the beautiful gold helmets. I can't say I disagree with that. Um, yeah, but I mean, really, you know, and I agree, like on the white uniforms that you're talking about, I think you might have a hard time, like if you were going to use those as your regular road uniforms and someone tweeted that as well, a picture of those Shamrock series from 2013, when they did go down there to Texas to play Arizona state, they're all white, green numbers. And then, you know, the gold trim and they had the Shamrocks on the helmets as well. I think that, you know, an easy fix for the, for the road uniforms the white jerseys would just be and i saw someone suggest this as well make the letters on the white jerseys green put some gold trim around it and i think that that's enough of a tweak right there and it's going to look pretty sharp i think that that would be a really good look you could wear them with a lot of different stuff if you, if you did that just puts you know make the numbers green yeah and like i like that's the thing i was trying to hit on the most is I, i'm not necessarily you know, fond of chain, big overhauls or big changes, I would just like to see more things accented with some of more of their colors, like the green and gold. Yeah. A lot of people um, going after Under Armour, not happy with the Under Armour. 
Um, Nike. I would saw be, those comments. Yeah, Nike would be the best option for Notre Dame. One person says definitely not Jumpman. Another person just says switch to Nike. What do you think about Under Armour versus Nike versus Adidas? Like, if in a perfect world, if you had your choice, yeah, because you're a shoe guy, you're a shoe aficionado, especially. So, what would be your shoe company uniform provider of choice if you had your choice? You know, I, it's it's very easy. Uh, what I would pick, I, I own a lot of these shoes and and you know sweatshirts and sweatpants and stuff. It would be no doubt Nike. Um, but unfortunately, you know that's not <laughs> that's not a decision that football kind of makes on their own. That's a that's a you know school wide thing, um, and that that gets you know passed down uh, you know to to the different sporting sporting teams. But I would definitely go with Nike, and I would I would say beyond personal preference, I think. The main thing you would want to look at too is recruits love Nike. You know, yeah. I, I could almost tell you, I would confidently say, eighty to eighty-five percent, and maybe even more recruits love Nike. And you know, you wonder why Michigan went to Jumpman. It's because <laughs> recruits love Jumpman more than they love Nike. And so, at the end of the day, you know, someone being my age, I'm twenty-six. You know, recruits are obviously just a few years younger than me. Um, we all love Nike. Nike's the best thing. It looks the slickest. It's got the, it, it's the most renowned, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Under Armour. I like the way their stuff is, but it's a little simplistic at times. I really think that Nike is, it is the best brand. It looks the best brand. And like I said, most importantly, recruits love the Nike brands. They love to wear it. They love everything about it. They love the diversity about it, the different combinations that Nike comes up with. Um, and especially when it comes to footwear. You know, I, I know we're talking about football right now, but Nike makes the best cleats. Nike makes the best basketball shoes. Nike makes, you know, just all around the best products. And I think that recruits really look at that thing. Is it the major deciding factor? No, but is it something that they look at? I, I wouldn't say no. You know, I think it's something that, that factors into, you know, whatever to whatever degree it is, it still has some sort of factor. I'm curious why the anti-Nike sentiment that I'm seeing in the chat right now now again there are some people on the twitter who suggested the nike jesse's saying the nike again i agree with what you're saying because of the fact that the younger kids the kids who are actually being recruited they like nike a heck of a lot more than they like everything else uh, man we are getting some major nike slander right now i know personally there's not one person that says nike <laughs> yes i like adidas gear but are not adidas gear I like the Under Armour gear, you know, the shirts and all the, you know, tech and all that stuff. Under Armour shoes, they are not comfortable, you know, and there have been even cases where you talk to people and it's like their feet were literally bleeding trying to wear Under Armour shoes, you know, wearing them to actually play sports or work out or whatever else. Under Armour has a long way to go with the shoes. I like, you know, I like some of the other stuff. I'm not crazy about the the color green that they use for the uniforms that Under Armour Under Armour uses right now, I definitely don't like the blue numbers on the green. You know, again, another suggestion we saw on Twitter: the picture was basically like the Joe Montana throwback green uniforms. Now those are mustard colored pants, but you know they're like the the Kelly green, you know, with the yellow number and and all that kind of stuff on there. I, I do think it's a pretty cool look, but those are mostly going to be kind of a one-off thing at this point, you know, like a throwback, like they did a few years back when Notre Dame played USC. And I think it might be hard to get them, you know, back out of the 
the closet right now because of how that game turned out when Notre Dame played USC. That was back in the uh, Zipikowski days. But uh, bigger numbers on the uniforms is what someone said. They said the numbers are way too small. Uh, I, I just – I'm not sure about that one because – you know, I don't have as good of eyes as I had 15 years ago, but I, you know, I don't have a problem seeing the numbers. So it, it doesn't seem like a problem, like unless you're Mr. Magoo. So like, I don't, I don't know about bigger numbers. Like, like have you ever looked at, at a game or, you know, whatever, Jess, and went, man, I wish they had bigger numbers. No, I can't say that, that, that I've been watching a game and be like, ah, I, I, I need these numbers to be a little bit bigger. Cause I can't, I can't see who is who. Um, I think they're fine. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I really have no problem. And like I said, I've never thought of like, oh, these numbers are really, really yeah. crappy to see right now. A lot of people would like to see at least a green jersey game every year. And I don't disagree with that. And again, maybe I, I don't know if the resistance is, you know, like they're you know, because of the way it's been done at, at times before, like they're, you know, kind of trying to surprise people with the greens or whatever. Like I said, just pick a game before the season starts and say, this is the green jersey game. And again, you know, when you've got the the Marshalls and UNLVs and, and those kind of schools on the schedule, just say one of those is going to be the green game. And it, it, maybe it gets fans a little bit more excited for that specific game because now it's like, okay, this is going to be the green jersey game, even though it's UNLV. So, you know, that'll be kind of memorable, kind of cool to go to, that kind of thing. Uh, let's talk about the schedule a little bit because, you know, it's obviously something that actually impacts results as opposed to, you know, we talked a little bit about the Navy and stuff like that. One person says, stop giving away home games, i.e. the Shamrock series stays at home. Do you like the fact that they take the Shamrock series on the road every year, Jess? You know, I am a big fan of the Shamrock series. I, I think I'm saying a lot of things that might be contrary to, to some popular opinions, but I like the Shamrock series. Um, I like that they go to these big venues. Um, you go to venues that are, you know, not kind of across the country. Um, and, and the main thing, as everyone knows, of the Shamrock series is one, you're trying to draw in recruits uh, predominantly. You know, you're going to areas that you don't usually play in. Um, and I think another big thing is, is Notre Dame has such a national fan base is that you want to go to areas where, you know, there's a, there tends to be people that might not be able to make Notre Dame games in person, you know, because they either play all the way in South Bend or, you know, there's not a, a, a away game that's close by. And so I like the fact that they go to these big venues um, and, and, you know, they're going to play in the new, the new renowned Vegas stadium. That's great for the players. Right. It's a great recruiting tool saying, Hey, you're going to play in an NFL, NFL stadium and maybe two or three by the time you graduate, you know, from the university of Notre Dame, I think it's a great lucrative tool in order to draw in recruits and that's the biggest thing that, that, you know, in order to be a good football team, you got to have good recruits. And I think that's what, you know, that's, that's the main reason or, you know, the reasoning behind Brian Kelly's departure is that he couldn't get the level of recruits that he wanted. Okay. That's fine. You know, whatever that excuse that's what he, might be. That's what he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we've seen Marcus Freeman kind of uh, say, hold my beer on that one, buddy, because I have the number one recruiting class and it's only been a few months, but you know, I digress on that, but the whole reason for the Shamrock series is that you want to go to places you want it to be, you know, a popular right. event. You want the Notre Dame name and brand to get out uh, across the nation even more. And the most important part to hit home on is you want these recruits to get excited about their, their time to come play at Notre Dame. It's just another thing that they get to do compared to, you know, the Alabama's, 
the you know Georgias, the other you know big schools. They're not playing. I don't. I don't see Alabama on on a, a playing in you know the Las Vegas Stadium this season. I'll just say this. You know, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You know, like the rationale. You you get into an NFL stadium, that's a big deal. And it also this is the you know the one where they're obviously we've been talking a lot. We talked a lot about uniforms. This is where they bust out the alternate uniform. So it kind of kills two birds with one stone. They get in an NFL stadium. They get to wear the alternate uniforms. They can use it as recruiting. All that. Okay, here's the problem, and I see kind of you know some other things going on. You know, again, because we've talked about Marshall, UNLV, Central Michigan. I don't want to keep beating them up, but you know, it's like, and, and I see people saying, "Look, I pay a lot of money for season tickets for these home games, and unfortunately, the home part of the schedule is getting watered down, and you're taking a good game, and you're and you're playing it someplace else, and now you've got to travel halfway across the country." If you want to go there. So I'm a little torn on it. I see its merits, but at the same time, I would like to see, a, a, you know, a, a better home schedule put together, you know, and there's like a, kind of along those lines, there are people who want to see Michigan back on the schedule more regularly, Michigan state, Penn state, those kind of things. They want to get rid of Stanford, uh, move the USC game to the last game of the year, regardless of if it's in LA or here in South Bend. The, the biggest problem with that is, you know, and other people have said move both of the California games, you know, when they're here to the back end. You know, two different problems with that. One, you've got those schools in a conference, so, that, you know, there would have to be some, you know, moving things around and stuff like that. Um, they're both able to accomplish it every other year. But bigger, bigger than that probably for both of those schools is – I doubt they really want to come to South Bend in November. You know, that's they've had this agreement in place for several years now, and and you know it, it it's worked out good for them. It's worked out for the most part for Notre Dame to just say, okay, when it's the Notre Dame home game, you play it in October when the weather is still relatively decent. When it's the uh, California home game, you play it at the end of November. Now, you know, the other side of that is that part of that you know that part of the calendar is where the weather gets you know worse in in California as well. That's kind of the ra rainy season out there into November. But you know I, I think a lot of people would like to see that. Would you like to see the Michigan's Michigan State Penn State back on the schedule consistently yourself? I would. I, I really thought that those kind of turned into well, not turned into. You know, everyone knows Michigan is a rival, um, and and. Michigan State kind of turned into a rivalry too because those were just very good, solid games. It seemed like year in and year out, you know, Michigan State's always a consistently good team. Notre Dame's always a consistently good team. I'm all for playing opponents uh, that are going to, you know, strengthen the team and get you prepared for the end of the season. You know, I'm, I'm okay with playing some of the, the Marshalls and the UNLVs early in the season kind of tune-up games. Um, you see it often in the SEC. They do that early on in the season. But I'm okay with playing those kind of teams as long as it's limited. You know, I, I think one or two of those type of games early in the season are good. And then I want to see the schedule progressively get Notre Dame prepared for the end of the season, you know, when they're truly in contention uh, to potentially go to a New Year's New, New Year Six Bowl, uh, a national, you know, a national playoff, a, a bowl game in general. I just want them to be more prepared because it seems like, you know, yes, Notre Dame has these good regular season records, but you know, look at some of their opponents in the past and it's, you know, teams, like I said, that they should be beating and then they get they get to these big games at the end of the season. And we all know 
you know, they have a horrible record in New Year's Six Bowls. They have a yeah. horrible record in, in the playoffs. So what can you do to be p- better prepared for those moments? And that's playing more solid teams uh, from Power Five conferences. And it's not just limited to, you know, the Penn States, the Michigan States, the Michigans. Yes, it'd be nice to have them, you know, back on the schedule. But I'd like to, you know, maybe add maybe add an SEC team in there for fun, you know, every now and then to, to really see. It doesn't even have to be the Alabamas or the Georgias like we've seen in the past. You know, maybe play like a Mississippi State, an Ole Miss, uh, an Arkansas, a team like that, just to bring more of, you know, a, a stronger schedule for Notre Dame, I really think helps them on the back end. Yeah, I mean, flip side of that is, you know, because there was a time before the ACC agreement and all these different things where they were playing tougher schedules and they didn't have the same record. Now, you can argue about, you know, whether or not recruiting was the same and all that different kind of stuff, but... You know, like, look at Ohio State, for example. They're going to play about the same amount of games against higher-end competition every year as Notre Dame is going to play. You know, as as much as a lot of people want to trump the Big Ten and all that different kind of stuff, you've got a handful of teams who are actually good, and then you've got, you know, a lot of average to below-average competition as well. So while Ohio State is in a conference, their schedule really is – you know, not much different. And if you look year in and year out, the strength of schedule Notre Dame has is is right on par. If you know, in 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 some cases, even better. You know, than than what they're playing. So, you know, it's I, I get what you're saying because it it definitely you know you're you're going up against better competition and the games are you know quote unquote more marquee. But they've kind of found a formula right now that at least allows them to be in college football playoff contention. You know, and the other side of that is until the playoff till they come to an agreement on expansion which is supposed to happen by about this time next year until they come to some kind of agreement on that it's definitely it, it like keeping the schedule the way it is right now benefits Notre Dame you know not taking too many chances and having two or three pretty good opponents on on the schedule year in and year out because you're right now you're trying to make a playoff field of four so if you make the the schedule tougher then you, you're you know you're you're taking unnecessary chances basically on whether or not you're going to get in. But if they expand the playoff, then that can change things a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with your side too. Um, it's just tough seeing them, you know, in the in the last couple of seasons is playing some of these Mac schools like Toledo and Ball State. And as a fan, you know, these are home games, and these come down to being kind of close games, and it makes you feel uneasy about, you know, what's going on and, you know, the, what's really happening with the team this season. So, and it doesn't look good nationally too. So, you know, you always hear the saying, you know, you, whether you want to or not, teams inevitably play down to their competition. You know, I, I really feel as much as you want to, you know, say it doesn't happen, it, it does happen. Notre Dame knows, you know, these players know who they're playing and inevitably they know that, you know, they don't ultimately have to flip the switch sometimes and until like the fourth quarter rolls around and so like to me it almost feels like a waste of a game because you didn't get better that game yes yeah. you won the game but you didn't get better so i just I, I i think the overall goal for me would be i'd like to see them play teams that are going to advance their skill uh every every game i want to see them get better every game and when you're barely holding on uh to you know these ball state toledo games i don't necessarily think you're getting better because you're just flipping the switch when it when it's time to really put it into gear. Yep. There's a comment from Michael up on the screen right now. Nobody plays the Holtz era type schedules 
anymore. And that is very true. Uh, but, uh, you know, so uh, a couple of other comments here on a, on a couple other things like atmosphere at the stadium was a big thing. And, and one person said, find a way to limit the number of tickets opposing fans can buy on the open market, like a 75% fee on sales of season tickets to opposing fans. Cincinnati was bad last year and it's demoralizing when visiting fans get louder than the home fans. And, you know, that has become an issue. And uh, again, when you couple it with the fact that cost versus, you know, overall season tickets, what it costs for season tickets and, and the kind of schedule that you're getting, you know, I think that that all plays into it as well. You know, and people have, you know, there were some other comments about the atmosphere and, you know, like, other schools find a way that like everyone's wearing the same colored t-shirt, whether it's white or yellow or, you know, green, what, whatever it happens to be. All these other schools, you know, are finding a way, you know, to, to kind of help their atmosphere in, in that way. But, you know, at Notre Dame, unless you specifically say, okay, it's a green game, everybody wear green, you know, then everyone's just got something different colored on all the time would you like to see more of that kind of stuff at notre dame stadium yeah i remember you know when i was when i was going to games growing up it seemed like there were a couple games at least once a year maybe two where they were passing out little rally towels and people would be swinging those around in the you know in the in the stadium and it, it it's a it's a good look i think it's you know everyone's got the same thing it's and it's uh you know during big big, you know, series or downs or, you know, whatever the situation might be when you have everyone going crazy in uniform, that's, that's really what it comes down to is you want the people to be doing everything uniformly. You want to look like a uniform mass, you know, cheering on your team in a, a very loud and supportive way. Cause it brings that home field advantage that I think Notre Dame lacks sometimes. I think like you were talking about, you know, the comment about Cincinnati, it, it, you know, and, and, and their most important game of the season, Cincinnati took over their home stadium in a game in which they started, you know, they struggled early. And it's hard to come back from those things when you're not playing well and you don't even have your home crowd there uh, to give you that slight edge anymore. So, yeah, Georgia, I, I, Georgia a few years back as well. Same thing. Right. And so I think that you can do things. You can hand out a two dollar shirt to every every person that comes in. You can hand out a 50 cent towel you know, to everyone that comes in. I think those are the things that you can get more of, like I said, uniform kind of look to you. Um, and I think that it it does play some sort of an importance. You know, it, you want the stadium to be intimidating. You don't want it to feel, you know, like it's just another game and that, that, that you know, there's no home field advantage, essentially. Yeah. Colin said it should just be an unspoken rule that you wear green to an Irish game. And, you know, I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. But you know, one of the issues is you've also got the shirt that comes out every year and the students always wear the shirt. And so if it's not green, then you've got that section of the stadium. You know, a, a former player and I have had the conversation quite a bit that, you know, the shirt should always be green, you know, some form of green and, you know, get more green in the stadium. And he'd like to see green on the uniforms as well. Here's another one. You know, because we were just talking about the, the schedule and all that stuff. Michael says, increasing the strength of schedule before you upgrade your overall talent would be counterproductive. We know why our postseason record is what it is. Key position talent gap, not our opponents. I mean, I think that's a really good point 
as well. You've got to continue the recruiting and get them to where, you know, okay, now you've got, you know, more fours and fives out there before you start jacking up your level of, of competition, you know, the way that, that uh, you know, some people were talking about. Other, here's another one. Anthony, love the idea of SC coming to South Bend in November. I think a lot of people would like to see that. But again, uh, they have a say in that as well. <laughs> so that might be might be a little bit harder uh, making that happen, I think. Uh, you know, but again, hostile environment, you know, getting people in the same color, all that different kind of stuff. Those are some other comments that we got on this. Here is uh, one final uh, thought like outside of of on-field playing controversial opinion this guy wrote on twitter here come the irish intro and shipping up to boston is kind of lame would love to see notre dame do something bigger and more intense as the irish run out of the tunnel I, you know especially you know i'm 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 fond of dropkick murphys and all that so i like shipping up to boston for one here come the irish i know a lot of people who are are definitely a nay on the Here Come the Irish, you know, the, the the Irish singer and all that stuff. Here Come the Irish of Notre Dame. I'm not even going to try to hit that note because there's no way that I can. What do you think of that? Is there anything else that you'd like to see them, you know, come out of the tunnel to? Any of those kind of things, Jess? You know, I like their tradition of what they come out of the tunnel to. You know, every time I hear the Here Come the Irish when I'm in, in attendance and I kind of – you hear the dun on afterwards – uh-huh. I get goosebumps. You know, I think that is one of the things where I, I know I'm at a Notre Dame game and I know, you know, that the, it's it's about to go down. This is, you know, it's almost like the war cry almost. And then, you know, the, the players come out and everything. But what I would like, and, you know, I know not a lot of people like this and, you know, you can't control the time in which you play. I liked, you know, when they, they dubbed up all of the lights last year and did the light show in, in the evening time. I think some of that stuff to get the crowd more interactive. We talked about, you know, them not having a home presence. Okay, so what can you do to get the entire stadium's attention to get everyone, you know, in that that atmosphere of let's be hyped up together. And whether you not whether or not you liked the song choice or what they did with the lights, that blew up on Twitter and the entire stadium was locked in at that point and ready, you know, ready to go. It, it just it uniformly brought everyone together, whether or not you liked it or not. And it provided that atmosphere that I think gave Notre Dame the, the edge in that moment. You know, it provided an atmosphere to the other team, like, oh, my gosh, like, this, this is crazy. You know, we have – this is, you know, going into the fourth quarter, and, and uh, you know, they do – you see this, and as, a, as an opposing team, one, you have to be in awe, first of all, because, you know, the jealousy aspect of it, like, that – it looked cool. Like, you can't tell me that none of those players on their team were like, man, this is – I didn't wish that – you know, I wish we didn't do this in our own home stadium. Well, yeah, like – couple of the night games last year that you know between the third and fourth quarter and they've got the green lights flashing and all those different things and you and you've got the you know what was it let me clear my throat you know and all that kind of stuff you know it's like like you could I think it might have been North Carolina like you could see them you know they were out there on the field and they're like looking at the lights it looked like you know so yeah it's it's definitely there, there's a lot of cool things they can do and I will give them that that you know this past year they were interjecting more of that you know i don't know if we need you know the hosts in the stands and you know trivia quizzes and stuff like that during timeouts but you know that was you know lower on on my list i think but 
you know, again, it's it's one of those trends that's going around. You see a lot more of it right now at different sporting events around the country. I think they're going to keep kind of experimenting with it and tweaking it and, and see kind of where they go with it. I definitely, you know, I do like some of the things they've done, but there are other things. It's like, okay, hard pass. Let's let's move on and find the next thing right now. Yeah, like it ultimately boils down to let's get rid of the kind of cornier things and, you know, maybe, maybe head in the direction of, like I said, things that are going to engage the fans um, on a level that that is just bringing overall excitement. You know, getting yeah. everyone on the same page. You know, and there are some traditionalists, maybe a lot of traditionalists, who don't like the fact that they're playing more of the current music and there's less marching band going on because you know the college atmosphere and all that. But you know, it's like the marching band still gets to play; they do their thing. You know, so there's there's a place for the marching band, but I just feel like it's 2022. And, you know, again, when you're talking about playing to a certain demographic, and that is, you know, 17 to, to 21, 22-year-olds, I think you've got to kind of keep up with the times. And the times are, you know, more modern music and, and stuff like that, and things that are also going to, you know, kind of get the, the crowd hype, because you hear you know, all about the the down in front crowd at Notre Dame Stadium and all that. And that's that's something that needs to go away as well. There needs to be less fewer, you know, fewer ushers tapping people on the shoulder, telling them to sit down and all that and letting people actually get excited about being in a Notre Dame football game and bringing a different kind of environment into the stadium. It's 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 all part of what's necessarily necessary to to run a winning program in in you know, in the 21st century. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We've got time for some rapid fire. We're going to hit a few more topics before we uh, wrap up. And, you know, again, appreciate all the feedback on this topic. And we're going to get to more of this on tomorrow's show as well because there was so much. There's just no way we could hit all of it today. But Bobby will be with me tomorrow. And so we'll kind of get into, you know, some more of this on tomorrow's show as well, you know, along with some other topics as well. Let's fill in the blank on this first rapid fire question. Notre Dame baseball ending its 20-year College World Series absence in Link Jarrett's third season was blank. It was electrifying. You know, it's been, like you said, 20 years since Notre Dame made the College World Series. I know, you know, that especially the the, the crowd we might be speaking to, I know baseball isn't on everyone's, uh, you know, radar, radar. Compared, to, compared to football and, and stuff like that. But it was electrifying to see a Notre Dame team like this go far and i think we, you know notre dame as fans we have so much to be proud of first of all them making the college road series and beating a very good texas team to start 
Um, and more importantly, you know, what they did in that super regional is, is, I mean, one of the more remarkable things you could argue that was done uh, in, the, in the last 10 years of college baseball. Notre Dame went into Tennessee and, and beat a team that had only lost three times at home, and they played 70% of their schedule at home. You know, they played in the hardest environment in baseball. They played against the best hitting team in baseball. They played against the best pitching team in baseball, and they took two of three. They won two games at Tennessee when Tennessee had only lost three games, you know, the entire season at home. They played their most sound baseball, and I think if they could have played that way against some of these teams recently, you know, the Oklahoma and Texas A&M, things might have been a little bit better. But unfortunately, they just ran into some of the better pitching performances of the of the College World Series. You know, you're going against guys who kind of struggled early on, but really found it in the in the right time for their respective teams. But in the end, I think it's electrifying what Notre Dame did this season, especially after how things ended last season against Mississippi State. Yeah, it was, I mean, getting to the College World Series this year just four years ago, really three years ago, when they made the the, the move to move on from Mickey Aoki, this was a dormant program. This was a program without a pulse. It was like, you remember... You remember on Lost, what was that? One of the first couple of seasons of Lost when when they thought Charlie died because the smoke monster got to Charlie and, you know, they're trying to bring him, you know, like like do the CPR and all that different stuff. And, you know, like he's laying there and you're thinking he's going to die. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the, the breath, the air comes back and Charlie's back to life. And, you know, that's what this program has become these last three years under Link Jarrett. And to get to the College World Series, it is hard, man. And, like, this is a program that couldn't even get to the NCAA tournament four, five, six years ago. They had gone to one NCAA tournament from between uh, 2007 and 2000, and basically 2019, 2020. You know, 20 obviously got canceled by the pandemic, but they went to one NCAA tournament, let alone winning two regionals going to two Super Regionals, and then going to the College World Series. This is the ultimate stage in college baseball. And for Link Jarrett to basically use a roster that was predominantly from the other coach, you know, it's been talked about ad nauseum. You've got one junior, a handful of actual seniors, and then all these grad guys who were from, you know, recruited by the previous coach. Now they've had, you know added some transfers and grad transfers and all that kind of stuff. But it is just amazing that in year three, Link Jarrett was able to get these guys back to the College World Series. Because I'll be honest, it was not long ago. It was like again they were. It would have been enough just to be sniffing NCAA tournament bids, let alone to be in the College World Series in year three under Link Jarrett. All right. Now, speaking of the College World Series, you and I were out there together in Omaha. You were taking photos for us out there down in the field. And while we were there, though, you met Auburn Athletic Director, <laughs> Alan Green. <laughs> now, I want you to tell the story of that meeting. I'm going to kind of set it up real quickly first. So last Friday, after Notre Dame won its College World Series opener against Texas, you and I were with our boy Pete LaFleur, former Notre Dame baseball SID. He was the SID when they went to the College World Series in 2002 and before that and after that as well. So after Notre Dame beats Texas, we text Javi Sanchez. Sorry, could you say that again? My Siri Sorry. is going off right now. Siri, leave me alone. So we text Javi Sanchez. He was the shortstop on the 0-2 
College World Series team. And we're like, okay, so where's the party? And Javi says the Hilton. And we're like, the Hilton? What? What's at the Hilton? Well, it turns out, you know, we go to the Hilton, and it turns out that was the team hotel. So we walk in, and the entire lobby area is just swarming with Notre Dame people, you know, because, again, they had just beaten Texas. There's a bar in the middle of it all, so there's just all kinds of activity going on. You've got, like, Palmineri in one corner holding court. He's got Brian O'Connor, his former pitching coach, who's the head coach at Virginia over here. You've got a lot of former players. You've got current players, family members you know, staff, all these different people, hundreds of people in the lobby of this uh, of this Hilton down there. So there are, you know, and there also there's also, uh, you know, some ESPN personalities because they were staying there as well. But among all these people, among the former players is Alan Green, who is now the athletic director at Auburn. So I was not near you when this happened. <laughs> Pete LaFleur introduces you to Alan Green, and I'll let you take it from there. What came next? Yeah, so Pete introduced me uh, to Alan Green, said, you know, this is Alan Green. He played, you know, outfield for for Notre Dame in the late 90s. And, of course, Pete goes into some random stat that only Pete would know. And (laughs) Alan Green was against Georgetown. I think he, he hit a home run from both sides of the plate. Um, And that, that was one of the first times I think a Notre Dame player had ever done that. Uh, and that's kind of what Pete was talking about. So things kind of started up a little bit. And then, you know, we kind of started talking a little bit. I had, you know, I had no idea that this guy was the athletic athletic director of the University of Auburn because, first of all, he's a very young-looking guy. Like, And I'm not saying that athletic directors aren't young, but I think the more standard typical profile you'll see is maybe, you know, some older older people. He was very young. He was very fit. He looked like he could go out there and run like a 4-5, if he really had to line up and go do it right away. So – that kind of first caught me off guard and you know pete says hey this is this is the auburn athletic director and you know by the time like you said you know there was a bar and had a had a had a couple couple drinks and i was like really this you really you're you are the you know the auburn athletic director and he goes yeah and so then i said we started going into conversation and i said so really you're the auburn athletic director and he goes yeah i'm the auburn athletic director and i said you know if things lined up a specific, you know, a certain way, Auburn could be playing Notre Dame, you know, for, for the championship. And what, what it came from that. And I said, you know, who, who would your rooting interest be for you? If you know, you're a Notre Dame alum you're, you, and then you're going to, you know, Auburn's obviously the team that you're the athletic director for. And he said, no, 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 no doubt it would be Auburn. And I said, Hmm, even though that Notre Dame is your alma mater, it's really Auburn. He goes, yeah, uh, it, it, it would be Auburn. And so I asked him for a third time. I said, hey, are you sure that it would be <laughs> you would be cheering for Auburn? He goes, you know, unfortunately, Auburn, Auburn cuts my checks. Um, and so at the end of the day, I, I can't be rooting against uh, who, who cuts who cuts my checks. So it was a very, very abrupt uh, introduction to, you know, Alan Green, this this guy who is the athletic director for the University of Auburn, but it was a very cool experience to meet a guy like that. Um, and honestly, I was just in awe. I guess the main thing about all of it, I was I was just in awe about the fact that I was in presence of, you know, an athletic director of a big-time SEC school. You know, Auburn has done well in football. Auburn has done well in basketball, and now they're making a College World Series appearance. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Mr. Green is, is doing uh, – doing a good job down there. So it was just overall, like I said, it was, it was fun meeting him. I was in awe. 
Um, and he, I have to say, the guy gave me three to four firm, very firm handshakes. Um, so, you know, down the road, maybe if it's time for me to enter, enter some of the athletic realm, I can uh, reach out to my, my good friend, Alan Green. <laughs> I guess so. Can you still hear me okay, Jess? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Because we're having, uh, I, I don't know where the internet issues are coming from. This, uh, it's, uh, it's kicked me out of here a couple of times. So hopefully, um, you know, everything is still okay. It sounds like we're still going here, but uh, our, uh, our live stream has kind of booted me a couple of times and things were sounding a little bit garbled on my end. So hopefully we're able to kind of keep it going. It's an awesome story. I didn't get to hear all of it. I, I heard most of it the other night anyway. So I'm glad that that uh, our listeners, have, we've come to about an hour at this point and we are starting to develop uh, some technical difficulties. So rather than chance, you know, having some major issues uh, for the rest of the broadcast, I think we will go ahead and wrap it up right here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. I, I, I'm glad that this, this was a fun first day or first uh, time on the new show. And I, I really enjoyed the, the topics we talked about. And it's really fun seeing the interactiveness of the live chat and, you know, seeing everyone's different opinions. And at the end of the day, that's what's, uh, that's what's fun. We all get to talk about, you know, what our, what our different, differing opinions would be. And ultimately we all share the same interests of how much, you know, we love Notre Dame and, and the football team. And we just would like to see a couple things here and there that would maybe take it to the next level for us. Thanks to, uh, for, for everyone for being with us today. And of course we will be back tomorrow. We're on Monday through Thursday and uh, we will wrap it up with tomorrow's show right here on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.